0: everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about CinemaCon, we'll be talking about the Disney Junior Fun Fest. We'll also talk about this week's major new releases, including Moon Knight and also Crush, plus much more. But before we jump to that quick little bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. You can also subscribe on the audio platforms. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Be sure to join our Facebook group. We also have a Patreon where you can support us as well, and also, as of this week, we also have the new thanks option now available to us on YouTube. So if you enjoy our content, feel free to contribute because it all helps towards paying for all of our services that we have. Right. So let's jump into the news. Um, this, there's quite a little bit of it this week. Um we're going to start off, I think, with, we'll start off with CinemaCon, because that was um, definitely a major one. So, this took place um, this past week in Las Vegas. It's primarily aimed at cinema owners, cinema chains, and the whole cinema process. So, you had all the big uh, studios there, like uh, 20th Century, also Disney was there. You had Universal, you had, um, was it Warner Brothers, Sony? So, we've been hearing lots of news about movies all week. Some of the Studios made announcements, but generally it's more about doing the business side of things. It was all very much along the lines of, "Hi everybody, we're back." <laughs> <laughs> like we well, you know, the last two years we were just streaming. Well, now we want the box office. Um, so yeah, they all came back. Um, I think there was something interesting. I, I think. I think it was the actual on the NBC one where one of the execs did actually call out the uh, these cinemas um, and say, "Guys, can you knock down the trailers a little bit and get people into the movies quicker? Because that might help." I thought that was, was quite interesting that they pulled up on that, like the idea of like, let's be honest, we don't need that many trailers. There's, the only reason I'm, not, I, I will definitely now be there early for um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness next week. Because we're going to be getting our first look at Avatar 2, aka Avatar Way of the Water, or Way of Water, one of the ways of saying it, Um, which is going to be coming out just before Christmas. So yeah, we got our first look. So they're going to be doing that a week. Um, in cinemas before it then gets released online. So if you're not going to go see Doctor Strange, you can just have to wait. There's a bit a few images have started sneaking out with some watermarks and stuff, um, which still look it still looks. Great. I can't wait for Avatar. Be honest, um, I'm really looking forward to this film. I forgot it existed,
1: <laughs> uh, honestly. Yeah. And they're, they're announcing, you know, yeah, you need to go see Doctor Strange to, and see the trailer. I'm like, no, I need to see Doctor Strange because I want to watch Doctor Strange. I'd don't even remotely care about this. Trailer.
0: Well, I think I think they've made a perfect I think this is a perfect way of you kind of going to Marvel fans. Here is the trailer. Here's a reminder of what Avatar is about. Um because we've got f- what four movies coming up every 2 years from this year onwards right through to the end of the decade. Um I always love the first one. I don't know like do you feel like obviously like like we've both been to uh, the world of Pandora in Walt Disney World. Do you feel like that like helped like set this? For me, it always felt like once I did the ride, which is amazing. You've got to do that uh, flight of passage ride. Right? It was almost that kind of thing. Like, yeah, Disney i have put their foot firmly in the ground on this franchise for decades. Well, yeah,
1: the Pandora area of Animal Kingdom is great. It's fun mm-hmm. to explore. I wish there was more to do there, but the one ride um, at the very least, Flight of Passage, is. I think it's my favorite ride at Disney right now, and that is including things like uh, Smuggler's Run and Rise of Resistance and things like that. Uh, But at the same time, it's like that's the best thing we got out of the franchise by a long shot. And it's hard to think of it as a franchise because it had such a minimal impact on, like, anything. The movie did fantastic at the box office, it way it ushered in the wave of 3d movies mm. which was a terrible idea um i it's might be biased by, <laughs> i might be biased by that because the the type of 3d that they broadcast it with gives me a migraine so mm. I, i'm not fond of that 3d and i'll and i'm a little biased against that but i honestly don't remember the movie at all uh there was a giant fight between them riding their lizard things and helicopters and spears going through helicopters and that's about all i remember
0: i only watched it at christmas again and i've seen it a number of times i've watched i think i've watched on disney plus at least twice um i love i i really don't i don't like 3d because i don't find wearing two pairs of glasses the most fun experience because you not only have you got the glare in the shape rim of your first pair of glasses you only got a second pair of glasses so it's just not comfortable especially so um, I will be hope I mean, my aim for Avatar is I will try my best to see if there's a 2D showing of it because I just don't like wearing the glass. I just find it really in- uncomfortable wearing two pairs of glasses. Um, it- I don't know why he's, I know why he's carrying on with the 3D because he wants, the- he's obviously that's his baby, but also it raises the price up. Because we've not really had, I would call a f- proper 3D f- experience film for a long time because the market just decided it wasn't interested in 3D um really. The te- you know, the concept of 3D TVs. You know, I mean I haven't been to see a 3D film at the cinema. I can't remember the last time. It must it's it's gotta be five to t- ten years i kind of i started just finding if they you know if they had a non-3d version i'd go to that instead and yeah i think i remember definitely watching avengers was avengers in 3d which the first Avengers. the first, first one had a 3d yeah. release definitely a lot of the marvel films had 3d releases yeah see we were in the front front of the cinema in the front row in the corner with a 3d pair of glasses on and it just was so blurry and mm-hmm. all. it was just like this didn't work so yeah that- so yeah. I mean that's the thing with 3D. When it works,
1: it, it can be a great experience. It can really increase the immersion because it, it feels more depth. And we're not talking about like um or like the Muppets 3D uh you know, surprise jokes with the 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 can of snakes coming out or the yeah the <laughs> gonzo with the, the little thing. We're not talking I about I love that I,
0: I, love the, I love that right. I can do it every time. I, I love that <laughs> I,
1: I make sure to go to it at least once every time I go on there, but um no when when it's done properly and i think avatar did it properly was you know it increases your depth perception it really does increase your immersion the problem was nobody was able to do it properly or they would only do it for like one particular scene of the movie and the rest of it would just be boring 3d i will say if if cameron is doing it james cameron is doing it then chances are it will d- be done properly but again yeah. um i get migraines from the type of 3d that they do at theaters so uh, even if I wanted to see it in 3D, it would
0: not be smart for me to do that. So, I'd no. see, I, I always worry again with like them setting off my migraines as well. So, which mm-hmm. is why I've probably always been even more cautious. Um, so yeah, so I'm, but the, I think there's just that thing about this film. I almost feel like this, this trailer could be that catalyst to kind of remind everybody that, like, oh, yeah, that actually was good. And I think. The trouble is for a lot of people is and then it's hard when they kind of go right yeah we've got four movies coming out we've dated them all we've already filmed like three of them we're just and you're like yeah but we don't i know you're the biggest movie of all time but you've left it a long time but i i never bet against cameron because you know he's done an amazing amount of stuff i, I don't know i'm i'm really looking for and i'll be really glad of having a new franchise over this next decade it'll be quite nice to have disney throwing in some other stuff um as well as sort of Marvel. You know, we've got video games. There's going to be a whole host of stuff that come alongside of this. So I'm looking forward. I think I'm I'm looking forward to watching that trailer. It's, it's actually gone like, yeah, good. I've got to make sure, you know, before I was like, well, do I I just – it's always that thing of like, do you turn up a little bit early? um, for, Or do you turn up for the time, they say? Or do you go, oh, well, not 10, 15 minutes off because of all the ads, at which point they usually start with <laughs> ads. So it's just – it's as always, always that catchphrase. If I go early or if I go on time, there will be twenty-five minutes of trailers. If I decide to go, I'll just go 10, 20 minutes later. They won't have the ads. <laughs> it's hard to predict
1: how long the ads are going to be these days because yeah. I've been to a couple movies and one time the, the ads were only you know five to seven minutes. There were only like two trailers in front of it. And then, uh, especially when we were first coming back in the theaters, it was like here's 40 minutes of trailers, and not quite that bad. I think the worst I ever clocked out was like 32 minutes of trailers, and just like, that's just I, I want to see the
0: movie, please, guys. It won't be so bad. It's like, it's like I know that I know for like my cinema that's gone so cheap, so they've probably thrown in a few extra ads, but it's like you are paying for it, so it's a bit like um yeah it's just it's just an annoyance so yeah, so we've got to have that one they also announced at the same time um we're gonna be getting um a new film called amps As Am coming on november the 4th from 20th century so this one's gonna have a big cast including margot robbie you've also got christian bell taylor swift mike myers um zoe sandler yeah chris rock so there's gonna be a, a big a big amount of cast in there we don't really know anything about this one um, but it's a romantic crime epic about three close friends who find themselves at one of the most sho- shocking secret plots in American history so that one the, the still looked alright um, we also had um, they, the people at the event got to see like the first six minutes of Bob's Burgers movie I still can't quite get the excitement over that I've tried watching a few episodes and I even ran a burger play, a burger cafe you know I used to cook burgers for 20 years so maybe that's why I got like no interest of getting into a <laughs> like, you know, you just uh, cook it for me, it
1: was, it's always been the animation style. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, but it is an extremely popular mm-hmm. franchise. It, it's a it goes right alongside you know Simpsons and Family
0: Guy in mm-hmm. the Fox lineup. I think the the movie will probably do very well. Yes. Um, also, at the event, they got to see about 30 minutes of, of Lightyear, which apparently it's from people that were at the event. They loved it um not a huge surprise lots of um lots of tears lots of um great stuff in that one so i'm looking forward to watching light year so that'll be hitting cinemas in june they also got to see 20 minutes of dr strange too uh which obviously is out next week so those movies will all be hitting uh disney plus at least um everywhere else and um, probably i don't know when they were might likely to hit i mean they're pro- i'm this is something i did want to sort of bring out with you it's like the the way they've been talking at this event um i don't know if this then this is not just disney but other studios as well i'm not quite sure if the 45 day i don't think they're going to go fully back to the to the 90 day the the even the um the 6 month thing i just wonder if they're going to slightly ease the pedal off the 45 day a little bit um especially on these big releases um it it almost feels like like with batman for example that's recently gone onto hbo max in the us not over here it's still 17 quid to rent it which I refuse to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I, to be honest, if it was on if it was on the platform, I would have watched it, but I'm not paying 17 quid to rent it for 48 well, hours. But that's the thing, isn't it? Right. Um
1: if it's a if it's a 45-day window, that feels tolerable as yeah, yeah I'll just I'll just wait for it to come onto HBO Max or Disney Plus. Yeah. But even bumping it up to 60 days, like d- numerically it's not that many. It's 15 days, yeah. it's two, yeah, it's two weeks, weeks plus an extra. It. But the psychological difference between 45 days and 60 days is is actually quite big. You're like, ah, oh, 60 days, uh, you know, I'll go I'll go catch it out on, on like a matinee time or something like that, or or maybe there'll be a discount on it. Um, so I don't see them going back to 90. Um, they might. Some of the companies are very uh, not greedy, but you know, they they don't want anything to take away from the box office. Numbers.
0: But, I un- but I understand. I understand I the do. concept of. You know, if you've got a movie that's still bringing in millions of pounds every single um, mm. week of like, well, why would we want to rush? Yeah, okay, we see it with with movies like um, Encanto, where the the numbers have been in, in impressive on streaming. I mean, it's, it's literally back to being the number one movie again, beating back every minute because everyone's been watching it. But did, did they cut off a little bit of the box office uh, numbers to get it onto streaming a little bit earlier? I mean, I'm, I'm quite, I mean, for me, 60 days, 80 days, because you know, they've done that with some of the Marvel films, I still think that's pretty good. I still don't think that's, you know, I don't want to go back to the six nine months that we had pre COVID. You know, because like I think like Frozen Two was, or even even like Rise of Skywalker was nearly six months, um, in that one got put on, and even then they said it was early. Um, so I don't know. I I just feel like the forty five day, the way that have all been talking, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they just slide it back. But I also can see them doing what what Disney do, where they don't actually announce stuff. They see how the film's doing, and then if it's not making money at the cinema, then they rush it onto box streaming. And if it's making money at streaming, yeah, or at the box office, you just go, yeah, just give it a couple more weeks. We'll just kind of. And also, my big thing with the forty-five day one is I don't feel like they can really get the advertising going properly for it because. They're constantly worried. They don't want to, st- you know, we've seen it with Disney. They will put out the next on Disney Plus list and leave off like Encanto or Eternals because they literally don't want to mention it. They want to hold off a little bit um because they want you to go to the cinema. Um, so they obviously can't even get this the the campaign running. So I don't know like whether or not the extra two weeks could help them, you know, like at 45 days, right? Now we will announce the date at 45 days and maybe it's a two weeks or to give them a window. I don't know, it's just, it's, it's, I can't help but feel like that this, it, they might shift it a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's a reason why back in the day, you know, you didn't even announce the DVD or the VHS release of a, of a movie until after it left theaters in most cases. It, and that was simply because, yeah, 60 days, you might be, uh, I'll go see it now because I actually really want to see it. But, oh, they just announced it's coming out in a week and a half on Disney Plus or, or Paramount Plus or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't need to see it now. I can wait a week and a half. So they, it definitely cannibalizes some sales, even if you're at the tail end of the run where you're only making a little bit. But obviously, they get a much bigger return on investment per person going into the theater than they do per person watching
0: it on mm-hmm. streaming. But also, as well, I mean, at if, if first, like, I feel like you almost need to take Marvel out of the equation because there is, they've got this... You've got that experience of seeing it in the first few days. It's like me, you know, I wanted to go see it as early as possible because I want to avoid spoilers and I want to watch it. Um, whereas, like, you know, something like The King's Man didn't have that. And so, you know, it was over Christmas and then it was on New Year. And then we're like, oh, I'll just wait. And I just, you know, um, Death on the Nile was another one where it was like, I can wait for this. I don't need to um, do it. Whereas, you know, For Love and Thunder and uh, also. Doctor Strange is like day one. I'm thinking with, I'm thinking with Lightyear, I might go. Um, I might go see it early at the cinema, but I'm still not. It's like, do I need to see it at the cinema? Is that kind of thing. You're like, can I wait two months or even a month? Because I don't even know. I mean, you know, they did it with Encanto. They only did it 30 days. Um, I don't know. It's very, it's very tricky. But um, CinemaCon was very much about them kind of just, all the studios kind of saying, look, this is the system we're going to be using. All of our big, big films are going to come to cinema. We still want theatrical. We still think it's the best way. We still think we make, well, obviously it's a lot better to make money there before dropping it onto the streaming service. And the streaming services have already started to find that actually the movies are worth more when they hit streaming service because people have been waiting for them. We'll watch them again. The numbers aren't that far off. What um, an original is, you know, like Turning Red or The Adam Project. You know, there's some of these big movies can actually still, you know, Encanto's beat all of them, and they had a 30-day cinema. You know, and and I feel like that might be the way that they're all looking. Where it, again, Netflix had their whole issue with the with their system, and every all the, I think all the studios are going. You know what? Your system's not working. We're going to carry on doing the one that makes us millions or billions. <laughs> I think that's definitely a case now. It's
1: important to remember that uh, the vast majority of income from movies comes from the box office, uh, ignoring merchandise, which is where money actually comes in for a lot of these movies. But um, box office money typically is going to be much higher than streaming money. But on the flip side, it costs more money to distribute to box offices than it does Mm -hmm. to just put it up on the streaming platform. So if you've got a major blockbuster, Lightyear, um, any of the Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, anything by Pixar or, you know, the animation division at, at Disney. It's going to be worthwhile for them to spend the money to distribute it to theater chains across the country and across the world. But something smaller, uh, in quotes, smaller, uh, like Death on the Nile or whatever. They might be like, yeah, we would make, you know, X million dollars on this, but it would cost us Y million dollars to distribute it and advertise yeah. for it makes more sense for us to just put it right on the, the only record.
0: The only side effect to that is, you know, you look at them, some of them and like, oh, especially if it's a bit more of an expensive film or we'll like make some extra money back on the side. I mean, I definitely, I think Encanto has maybe made the animated ones, those windows might be a little bit shorter because I think they might find that the engagement with kids and merchandise sales is more beneficial to get it out much quicker than, because, um, yeah, people will go see it to begin with. And over the summer and stuff, but generally, you know, that repeat viewing—if it's still in the cinema, it will still have some trickle. But I think Encanto showed that you could. There's a whole other way they could do things um with this, like much shorter system. And I think Pixar needs this cinema release. Really. I mean, it needs Lightyear to kind of after the last three movies of the issues they've had. I think they need this next film to be. And same thing with Strange World. Just I—I'd rather they had the Encanto system. Where they got 30 days and then came to it because I feel like they're too big. They're too big a movie and we still want them to make them. That's the key thing. I want them to keep making them because they're profitable and they're, I mean, they're showing them. They're massive hits for streaming, but it's like, pick 200 million, 300 million at the box office, get your money back, you know, make, and then everything on top of that is just pure, um, just better. I don't know. I just, I'm just looking at like CinemaCon and going, yeah, I I think then they're no longer chasing the Netflix system as the one way as I think they were maybe thinking COVID. But um, but I do think cinema still changed after, after the pandemic. I still don't think people are going to go back in the same numbers. I don't think people will ever go back in the same numbers as before because we've all got big TVs with sound systems and just comfort and ease of use. And, you know, I think the older audience have just gone like, yeah, it's not, it's you know, it's just this, going to the cinema doesn't mean the same anymore. And there's just so many movies. I think that's the other key thing.
1: Well, even before COVID, I always kind of had the mentality of there are some movies that you should watch in theaters because they're big blockbuster spectacle th- things. We're talking like the superhero movies, action movies, things that really take advantage of having the big screen. But do you need um, you know, a rom-com on the big screen? You don't really get any benefit out of that versus sitting no. at home, um, unless you're one of those people who who like, can't laugh at a movie unless everyone else is laughing
0: at it, you know, get that theatre effect going on. Well, like, the, the thing is, I will say, um, not necessarily to, but this is that, that experience that I had with those first two episodes of Moon Knight, where I watched it on a, at home, and then I went to a, that special event in London and got to watch it with people. And it was very different with people, because of the way people were reacting to it. Same thing with Dope Sick. Um, you know, I went to the premiere in London for that and got to see the first two episodes. And seeing it in a theatre did feel different to them when you sat and watching episode three at home. Um, And there is there is a difference. But at the same time, there is that part of you that's just like, on a, I don't know, for us, we do it a lot on a Sunday afternoon. We will rent a movie. Me and my wife will sit down. We'll have a look, see if there's anything on Amazon or on Netflix, any of, the, of, of their major movies, if anything's... Let's, Got a lot of attention or we'll just rent a movie and we do that pretty much all, most sundays where we'll just watch a movie and I, I, I will admit i do try to pick a movie that's not disney because you'd like mm-hmm. to try and <laughs> just like so i can turn off and just like just enjoy it and, and that's kind of big, you know something that we like to do on, on a weekend and i'm sure there's a lot of people that have got into that so, you know you get your treats in you, you turn every, you turn every, and you literally just sit there and watch it yeah it, there's a lot to be said for that uh yeah but do you
1: need to go to the theater for that versus My wife wouldn't on. go. My wife right. wouldn't go
0: because she just there, finds it there, so
1: uncomfortable. But there's also a lot of people who argue the other way, which yeah. is the theater experience is superior, even for um I don't want to say smaller movies, but non-action, non-spectacle movies. Um, and and there is a, a big contingent of people who prefer it that way. But either either way, it, it's definitely going to be different moving forward how people view going to the theater versus not going to the theater, and. I will also say like people who thought that Disney wanted to push for only streaming who wanted to go purely Netflix in the style is like no they never wanted to do that even at they they had to do a lot of things for covid and I'm sure there were a lot of things that came out of that they're like oh this is actually a really good idea let's keep doing that but the money's at the box office and that's that's Yeah so I
0: always felt Disney were very I know they I mean they got a lot of heat for moving some films over like Mulan and Obviously, the Premier Access, you know, they got a lot of reaction from, like, the box office side of the cinemas and people that were like, you've got to put it back in. Like, I always felt Premier Access was like that thing of like, guys, we're trying to really just give you guys the best of both worlds here. We'd, you can go see it at the cinema. Do it. You know, they're taking some movies away, you know, I felt like Soul was a prime example of that one that maybe did better. I still think Luca probably could have gone out as... um theatrical release because it was the summer and um things were a little bit better turning red was a little bit of a tricky one because i think the world was very different when it got released in march with how people were looking at it to when they had to make that call back in december when the the variant was just popping up and was everything was like oh we're gonna have to shut everything down i think disney just "Look, we don't look we can't go on this we just have to make a decision and go with it um but I am, def- I definitely feel like a theatrical release makes sense to pull in more. Just it, it, it does feel like a much bigger movie. You know, you know, we've got things like Chippendale Rescue Rangers coming out, and because it's a straight to streaming movie, it does have um, a cliche, it does have that thing attached to it. You know, we it's not quite in the same league. I'll be honest, I would be going and seeing Chippendale Rescue Rangers at the cinema if it was there because I like Chippendale Rescue Rangers and I thought the trailer looked good. But I can also see why you can do it. If you can make low budget movies, You they're actually more valuable on streaming. Yeah, no,
1: I love Rescue Rangers and I thought the trailer was awful. So I would not be touching that movie if it went to theaters. <laughs> um, I'd be waiting for it to come out on streaming anyway. Um, but yeah, there is a difference in perception. And I know that Pixar in particular felt like uh, losing three movies to streaming only... Um, could have been a hit against their reputation. A lot of them were kind of disgruntled. Uh, they probably had bonuses attached to how well they I do. Don't think the anim- office, I don't think animation
0: does it, But I, it's I'm, kind of. Yeah. I
1: don't know. I, I'm sure I, that there are perks involved with them getting yeah. a big blockbuster hit. So uh, while I appreciated that Disney put on this top tier content uh, for free on the store as part of your subscription package for the the Disney Pixar movies, I do at least understand why Pixar was upset with that, and I'm glad yeah. that they're going to get the full release with Lightyear.
0: Yeah, and I think I don't think it helped with Encanto getting the, the mini release, and then like Raya getting the hy- uh, hybrid release as well, of uh, premium access at you know, and then Pixar didn't because maybe with Luca they could have gone. It's I don't know if it's um, Turning Red was a very different movie. I feel like in terms I think of it, I think Turning Red would have made it. Um, it yeah. would have. It would have done fine. It might not have done like what
1: you expect a Pixar movie to do, but that'd be more the environment rather than anything else. I think Turning Red did benefit from going into streaming, though, because it, it Whether whether intentionally, otherwise, it ended up being controversial because people are idiots. But <laughs> um, but if it had been in theaters, that might not have stirred it up quite as much, and it would have gotten less name recognition yeah. for it. And also. With the important conversations that it had, I think giving it to a wider audience as part of the Disney package mm. was probably the better choice in the long run. But again, yeah, Pixar deserves to have their hits. They deserve to get, uh, you know, that number next to the, the release that says we made X amount of money, which, you know, they can hold up as a, a yeah. positive sign.
0: To me as well, it's just more about the fact of just like, I want are that to, to make the money on those movies to make more better movies it's like catch 22 but then turning red soul and luca were all huge hits for disney plus and they are you know the executives are like you know we can see that you know they are the most watched movies for a month but beating out everything on netflix it's like this thing is worth it's worth money in a different way um but also I do wonder now if like now that Netflix has started to kind of pull the rug a little bit on its animation side a little bit more, they're being more picky, they've they've you know, this whole thing, we're just gonna go to Net- well Net- the, the, the money bags over at Netflix has been like zipped, the purse has been zipped up a bit. And it's gonna be much harder for them to, to get stuff greenlit now because yeah, the the streaming I would say the streaming bubble has probably, you know, it's got a hole in it and it's starting to squeak as it's going down a bit now. I would say it's popped, it's just gonna
1: Oh, <laughs> well, they they need an alternate re- revenue source, yeah. is what it comes down to. But it's it's ironic to me because some of the biggest hits at Netflix are their animated features. Mm. Obviously, Stranger Things is not animated, but um, Arcane was really really popular last year, and that was animated. BoJack Horseman was one of their most popular serialized shows. Went on for what six mm. Stevenson's or something like that. And then even um, some smaller buzz things like Claws, which is their mm. their. Um, Christmas movie from a couple years ago. It's one of the best things on the service, honestly. But, yeah, uh, animation
0: does seem to be uh, their primary chopping block item at the moment. Yeah, I I, I feel like it's kind of funny because this is going to lead into our next topic. So I'm going to bring it up now while we're doing it. So Disney held um, a special event at Disney's California Adventure Theme Park yesterday. Um, so this was the Disney Junior Fun Fest. At the event, um, they announced um, some new shows, including... Hey AJ which is inspired by a former a pro bowler and Super Bowl champion and it's all about um, a, a imaginative seven-year-old girl who imagines a long car drive uh, as a like it's a rocket or something they also um announced kindergarten the, mu- the musical so some an animated series all about um the first young time young kids experiences while attending kindergarten got robo robo a gogo or robo gobo um so that's about five adorable pets from about at home until a kid inventor um adopts them and gives them super powered robo suits actually that doesn't sound too bad <laughs> no, that, that's actually that sounds adorable yeah that's and <laughs> actually, then we got super, and then we got super yeah and then we got super kitties um this one is about four fierce and superhero kittens who go on a mission to make uh, Kitty Dale a more caring and wholesome place, defeating uh, villains uh, and stuff. So that's there. They also announced some new short series, including uh, Me and Mickey, which is a vlog-style video short with Disney's number one star, Mickey Mouse, as he invites preschoolers to laugh and play. Um, Winnie the Pooh, so there's going to be a, a musical short form involving the, um, the characters from Winnie the Pooh. Um, they've also renewed Alice... Wonderland Bakery for season two. They've also announced some casts and stuff for the upcoming shows like Marvel Spidey and his amazing friends, Mickey Mouse Funhouse, Um Eureka, Firebuds, and Um pups um Popstruction. And also, not even that, they also announced, you know, this past week we've got trailers for t- some new shows as well, including like a new superhero wrestling show and stuff. and sort of new and like and I think this is where you know Netflix was getting a lot of a lot of attention about getting in on you know wanting to be better than Disney at making kids shows and you know animation and kids shows and they were going to be, be able to beat them. Well they've already like had a bit of a wobble whereas Disney now are just like, you know, right, we've got a load of stuff coming to Disney Jr. and Disney Channel and Disney Plus. It's all now kind of being looked at as one quick thing. New series, new series, you know, they've got like I don't know, like 30 Plus animated series in development. All for preschool, they're fully going in on it. It's like it's their bread and butter, they know what they're doing. They've got a hundred years of history of this. They know they can make money on merchandise if they get this right. They can put them into the parks, the parades, because they have a parade and stuff with them as well. Disney know what they're doing with this. And this, you know, all those announcements are just like these are all shows that will be coming up in the next couple of years. Um, yeah, not for us, but they're for the next generation. It's funny because there was um talk as well of an ice age baby shows, and everyone's going, hey! It's like, Hey, I'm just sitting there going. Yeah, I know you guys all want it, but this is a pre-show, a preschool kids show. It's for like four or five year olds. In two years' time, they're probably not even born yet. These kids that are going to be watching it—it's not—it's for them. It's, it's like I don't think of like target audience. Not every—it's you know, like we don't watch Spidey and His Amazing Friends. We might like Marvel, but we can what You know, we don't have to watch everything that the characters are in. And it was just like, you know, Disney have a market with this, and you know, these shows. Um. I've been there bread and butter for a long time. So, um, yeah, it's just great to see. Disney kind of know what they're doing with this stuff. And they seem to have aligned better now with Disney Plus and Disney Junior. Disney Channels. There doesn't seem to be that um, split anymore. You know, they get mentioned in every press release. They got the batch. However, it's a bit of a funky way of releasing stuff right now with Disney Channel stuff. But they seem to be getting more in line. And It's just a dual... And even the, um, recently the Discovery Warner um, boss pretty much has said, we need to kind of treat linear and streaming together because the streaming system on its own isn't working. Um, and I think we're going to see a little bit more of this push of doing that. As long as they work together on it,
1: you know, because that was the big thing, especially when Disney Plus first launched, was there was a, a very clear divide between this is our property and this is the TV property, and they did not really meet. And I think working together, both sides will... Uh, will benefit from it. So hopefully they, they get past any of that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's also worth remembering a lot of these kids shows and we're talking really young kids shows uh, end up doing extremely well because kids love to watch over and over and over and over again, as any parent will attest to and has like every frozen song stuck in their head forever. Kids are repeat watchers. And so these shows will end up getting uh, very high numbers as kids just you hit the repeat button. And, it's, and, it's,
0: and it's cheap. It's super <laughs> it's cheap. Cheap, cheap. And there's a reason why, like, Bluey and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse are constantly trending on Disney Plus because kids are just watching it on repeat. It's, and yeah.
1: It's the same reason The Simpsons are. Obviously, little kids are not watching The Simpsons, but adults are watching The Simpsons the way little kids are watching Bluey or yeah. Mickey's and racers also, or whatever.
0: And also, they go, for, you know, kids go through phases because, mm-hmm. like, my nephews were fully into, like, um, PJ Masks. And they're a little bit older now they've got into the marvel superheroes shows like um like little one they love spider spidey and his amazing friends you know it's like the pj mass stuff's all gone to the you know it's all being got rid of because they're just not interested in that they're not what they've moved on you know it's like all of us you know you you go through those shows and then there's like almost and that's what happens with kid shows and like disney have to be ahead of that and making the next show for the next set of kids that's coming along and the one when you need to have them targeted for different ages and stuff. And you know, Disney are fully they know what they're doing with this and they're going all in. And, um, yeah, I you can't this stuff all gets a bit lost, I think, sometimes. Like, oh, here's here's nine new shows we're, we're bringing out, and people go, Oh, it doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, I hate to break it to you, but this stuff probably brings in more than like most of the Disney plus originals. <laughs> they really, you know, in the, in the long run, in the long game,
1: it's especially when you add merchandise yeah. into the mix, like, yeah. Sure, Marvel brings in quite a bit of merchandise, especially from adult yeah. collectors who love seeing the new yeah. action figures, and the new toys that comes out Star wars in the same deal. but honestly you you go into like the bedroom of a you know let's say five or six year old that room will be one theme. It will be yeah. one TV show or book that they absolutely love and it that those characters will be on everything. And then you just look at it, you know as an adult, you're like, how much does this cost? And this is just one kid who's decked out their room. And like uh, back in the day, it would have been like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers or something like that. Now it's going to be
0: whatever kids are watching now. There is so much money in this. It's crazy. My mum, I'm facetiming the other time she was looking after my nephews, and they were because I it's just drop of load of toys and stuff, and they were what of like. What's it like? It's, oh, they're Infinity Stones like you know from like uh, action figure packs. It's like it's like yeah, they're all into the Ninja Turtles and the, and the things, and it, it's just you know they go through cycles, and definitely I feel like now you know Disney have you know Disney have got their system and it works and. This stuff might not seem big to us, but to a four or five euro, this this is you know, these are the big hits that they're gonna be watching. So we'll be hearing a lot about these in the future. It it can be very difficult to get out of the mindset that every
1: piece of media is supposed to be for me, but mm-hmm. especially with a, a major brand like Disney or or Warner Brothers or or NBC or any of them, not
0: everything I- is for you. <laughs> I think that's definitely definitely feels like that on, on a couple of different fronts. Like with, with Disney, sometimes people have pig, they pigeonhole it like that's what that makes, and you can't put anything else that's not Disney. It has to be Mickey Mouse. It has to be cartoons. That's what they do. And then you got the other ones that like like you say like every that I pay for Disney Plus, so therefore I, everything that comes on there needs to be for me. Everything it has to be what I want to watch. And in reality, TV TV networks and stuff don't work like that. You know, you have things that work, some things that don't. They they want you to like everything, and while you know, you know, you don't have any, you know, as you know, as a viewer, we have no loyalty. I mean, we do, we we might think we do, but we can flick the channel. We can have different streaming services. You know, I you know I don't watch Disney movies. I, w- I was watching Man of Steel last night. You know. Because it was on TV, and for some reason, I'm sat there and I'm thinking, why am I sat here watching it? I've got I was going to ask
1: you why are you watching Man of Steel? Not because it's the DC movie, but because it's an awful movie.
0: I really liked it. And that was now you know like that thing of like turn on the to turn through the TV channels and it was on, and it was like eleven and a half quarter past eleven at night, and I'm about ready, literally getting ready to go to bed. Twenty five minutes later, it's oh no, it's quarter to twelve. I need to go to bed. Turn it off. Why and why am I watching? Because you got it hooked me in again and. Yeah, but you can watch. You know, watch what you want. And, and I, last
1: thought on it. Um, you know, we try to to be as impartial as we can when we do reviews. You, you will hear us say frequently, like, "I didn't enjoy this," but the target audience yeah. uh, will probably enjoy we, and it And it can be difficult to do that sometimes, where you just like, "My <laughs> God, like, oh, this is so
0: boring," but this is targeted at ten year olds. Yeah, I I will admit, I do feel like um, I I feel like we've. I've gone, we've gone through that stage now where we've like, especially with Disney Plus now with all the star content and the Hulu, I feel like we've kind of moved into that thing of like, I don't feel the need to watch, I do try to watch most things, but if something comes on and it's aimed at seven years, it's like, it's, I don't want to, I don't, we don't need to talk. It's like, I think, you know, we've had, we've, we're in the days where we had one thing to walk, talk about a week. We were, at, we're at a point now where we don't have to worry about that. Um, some other big news this week. Um, and this is kind of funny because I remember talking saying this to you a couple of weeks ago. Is Disney going to be releasing season three of Love, Victor on Disney Plus on on December the 5th, on December, not December, on June the 15th. Um, It'll be coming to Hulu on the same date in the US. Um, But more importantly, it's going to be coming to the Disney Plus in the United States on the same date as everybody else is getting it. And we're getting all eight episodes. And the first two seasons will also be added onto Disney Plus on that same day, even though you can stream them there. So it means basically season three is going to be on both Hulu and Disney Plus in the United States on the same day. This is a big shift as well with the idea of it being, you know, I think it's a rated 16 show. I think that's what it is on this one. So they've got that ratings thing so they can bring it in. But this was a Disney Plus original, which was two – teen alcohol and sex issues and stuff that meant that they, the executives chickened out and sent it to Hulu. <laughs> no,
1: no, let's be blunt. They chickened out because they're gay kids. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's. I mean, we, we're going to call it as it is. They chickened out because they didn't feel Disney Plus um, audience could handle it, and they pushed it over to Hulu. Now, here we are three years later. The, all of those things seem to be disappearing, and now we've got it on Disney Plus. Now, I, it was so funny because I literally, I said this to you weeks ago. Of like this is what they should do, and this is what I'd do, and they're doing it, and I, I was like, "Yes, I do." It's <laughs> like this is this makes so much sense to use this. It's a series about kids in high school. I mean, it literally is a high school series. I know there's been a lot of discussion um, this week. I think I have a new show on Netflix. Was it was um, Heart Stoppers. I literally just watched the first episode um, before we started recording, just to um, see what that one's about. And yeah, you know the thing is now is you know Disney plus is opening up and really sort of you know there's a thing as well of showing um you know that they have got that content that they you know that they keep talking about they need to put it where that' put the money where the mouse is and put it on Disney plus. you know um, I've watched both seasons. you watch season two. I'm looking forward to season three. This to me is great. I mean I think this is the per- this is exactly what they needed to do for this show uh, for multiple reasons. Yeah the only
1: thing annoys me is it's a uh, everything dropping at once and I'm not a binge watcher but I, I know I know a lot of people um do binge watch so I I hope that they check this out and they enjoy it um it I forget is it also dropping all at once in the UK and other territories Yes yeah yeah
0: we're getting it all on the same date globally um which is good um cuz the last season they kind of stretched it out for us with weekly releases um, again, I I don't like us like either, we either get it the same as the US or don't don't do this kind of you know give it uh, um, generally as well with shows that are aimed more at teenagers they tend to do the binge format more because it's more mm-hmm. successful and well, this is going to be the the final season um, but I thought this was this was a nice big um, a nice big series really boosts up June's offerings as well and yeah I, I thought this was just this was good on so many different levels.
1: Yeah, I'm glad it's coming to Disney Plus. I'm glad people were able to see it. I'm glad it's still on Hulu too. You know, we don't want to to make Hulu subscribers feel like they're getting, uh, you know, a lesser deal because their stuff keeps moving over to Disney Plus or or potentially over to like Peacock or something like that. But yeah, the this, looking forward to this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to binge it, but I, I'm looking forward to watching it over the course of a couple of weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll
0: pro- it'll probably take me um, a little bit to get through it. Um, but I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this show. Um, I enjoyed the last. You, see. you could definitely see that tone difference between season one and season two when they knew they were on Hulu for season two. Because um, you didn't even bother with season one.
1: No.
0: Um, to, um, but yeah, so I can definitely see there was a bit of a difference. But yeah, um, this is good. Also, uh, I, I, it, yeah.
1: I'd also like to say, I'm glad that they announced that it's uh, the final season up front. I mean, they announced it a while ago and we, we talked about it back when it came out, but especially in light of like the recent things with Netflix and all the complaints about, oh, they keep canceling Netflix shows Um, more. The problem isn't that they cancel Netflix shows. It's that they often let the season come out and then they announce that it's canceled after the season is out. And this is not cancellation. This is finalizing. If the creators uh, and the the fans know okay this coming season like they did with bojack horseman this this mm-hmm. coming season is the last one it lets you be emotionally set for it the way you want to be you're not expecting it to continue on to another season mm-hmm. and it lets the creators wrap it up properly without you know a cliffhanger because they thought they would have another season
0: and also more importantly as well if this is a show about kids in high school yeah, they only have so long to actually film um these shows in high school. It was interesting because I was thinking, well, if there's only like eight or ten episodes per season, in reality, this was literally one old normal season. You know, this you know, in the old days of like 22, 24 episodes, that would have been more. I think the quality is better with these shorter seasons. But yeah, no, that's a pretty good news. The side thing to that let's go the other way it was just announced this morning um that um the olivio go olivia Rodrigo driving home to you a sour film is going to be available on hulu on um let me just check the dates um where was it? on. This well, while you're one. looking up, this yeah. is the one that's already out on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's Disney, out on Disney yes. Plus already. yet? Yeah. So it'll be um, so it's also going to be available on freeform on Saturday, May the 14th at 9 AM. Um, I'm just trying, I think it's May the first May, May the 1st, I think it's coming on to um by on
1: available to- on freeform. You mean it's going to be broadcast on linear it's, television? Yes, yeah, it's freeform gonna be broadcast,
0: YouTube, okay. it's gonna be broadcast on linear television as well i'm just i'm just trying to see it yeah, i i I'm, there are a lot of people who who wanted
1: to yeah, see this yeah. who couldn't see it because they didn't have a disney plus subscription it it's as near as i can tell an extremely popular uh cd artist, yeah 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 well uh this particular cd but yeah, yeah i mean obviously even before this she was an extremely popular artist so uh this is good this will bring it to a lot more people sorry you were looking up uh, when is it yeah
0: it's the first of may so it'll be dropping on this weekend um see this is this is interesting on a couple of levels so first off the of getting it out to more people so it's going to be on hulu for everybody it's also going to be on freeform which i think we're going to see more of because i mean we've talked about this in the past of you know i wouldn't be opposed to them putting like the mandalorian on abc this winter just you know get Bring on one division, you know. In the winter, you know, use the content you've got, and, you know. And I think we'll be seeing more of that because I know um, Discovery Warner Brothers are going to be doing the similar thing with their plans. But this is to me, and they even mention it in the you know the announcements of things like with Summer of Soul, A Man in the Arena, and Blackish. This is all part of the blending, the merging of the two platforms. This is all like you know merging it in so you kind of getting more familiar with with each other's content, you know, sharing that content between it all. Um this is like okay you did it with um uh, this show doing it with love victor doing it with this ESPN stuff you know we're really seeing now and I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more of it um, either over the next two years if they can't buy out Comcast or even quicker if they can buy out Comcast but I think we're going to be seeing much more of this like blending of the two so that you uh, Hulu subscribers are going getting used to Disney content in there and it'll also work the other way with Disney plus users being used to content coming in from, from the other platforms so I think this is a big a bit a big move on multiple levels and um, I'd I'm not looking at this to go, oh, they're taking something away from Disney Plus. I'm looking at no, this is a more exposure on a Disney Plus original. It maybe didn't get the attention that I wanted, so they want to get it out to more, which makes more sense. But also to me, it's more about the blending of the of the streaming services. And we're and gonna I'm see not... more of it with the with the linear networks as well.
1: Well, I was gonna say linear is actually what I want to talk about on this one because it it's not fair if we go, okay, linear, you you showed this show now. Bring it over to, D- to disney plus um with disney plus giving nothing nothing back to linear i like the idea not you know day and date release because that kind of moots yeah. the point but going yeah you know what mandalorian season one it's been on disney plus for two years now or what have you yeah but let, let abc show it uh at, in the run-up to i don't know rogue squadron or, or yeah. something like that you know it's a good way of building synergy and it acts as good advertising for disney plus as well it's like you know, you're finally getting to see Mandalorian over here on ABC or Freeform. But, hey, it's on Disney+. Plus. And Season 2 and Boba Fett are over on Disney+. Plus. You can watch those right now.
0: And also, I mean, they can literally do like one showing or two shows. They don't have to keep have it on repeat and have all the rest of it. But I, I think we are going to see more of this. Because I think they're probably going to work out pretty soon. And I, this, it always seems to have been like, well, streaming is taking everybody from linear. Great. But there's still, going to be, there's still money to be made here on Linear. And it's, these people might never come over to streaming. They might never come over. And therefore, why not share the content a bit more? Um, I mean, I personally would be like, get rid of like the ABC on demand stuff. Get rid of Disney Now. I'd get rid of all of this, all the extra. And be like, if you want it on demand, Disney Plus is the only place for it. Um, and then you've got the Linear Networks then just for TV. Because... It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to have a browser where you can watch the latest ABC shows in addition to Hulu and Disney Plus. It just
1: Yeah, I don't think Disney actually has much say in that though. I think most of those are agreements that they make with the yeah. distributors like Verizon and Comcast, uh where you know part of the deal of having Disney and Disney XD and freeform yeah. on the linear packages is uh, the content will be available to um the home subscribers through the, the uh, streaming video-on-demand networks. Yeah. Uh, and that, that applies not to just Disney. If you are on a linear package, uh, if you are a linear channel, uh, whether it's – no matter who it's owned by, it's like the deal is it's going to be on video-on-demand yeah. the next day or within
0: 24 hours or whatever. Yeah, It's very it's, it's very tricky with the old, old deals, but part, uh, in, I was meaning more in the terms of like – you know, after after that like 14 days or 21 right, days right. or whatever it is, then yeah. it's it's there. I feel like to me, this is again it's, it's just that blending of of everything to try and I think it's just a case of blurring those lines that you know linear and streaming can work together to serve different audiences, get money from different places, but also I feel this is just I know that I think we all wanted to just, just you know when they put the parental controls onto Disney Plus in the US. I think we all were expecting a much faster turnaround than they've been doing. It's been very slow. And, you know, I've said before about the idea. I think they're waiting till the ads come in in the fall to to kind of bring it all in. But it is like, okay, they are making, they are making moves, but it's just very slow. Oh yeah. It's, it's slow, but they also have to have the content
1: to bring over. Mm. And a lot of it's going to be locked behind, uh, contracts with other streaming companies as well. Uh, but yeah, I think the major drop will be when the advertising, when the ad tier becomes available, but we will see more shows coming in. Cause e- even just doing this, putting in the Marvel shows, putting in love Victor, putting in whatever the next thing will be gets people used to the idea of, no, these are your parental controls. And there are shows on here that if you don't want little Timmy to watch, you need to, to have the parental controls in place yeah. for.
0: Yeah, it does feel like they are definitely taking their, their sweet time over it. Um, okay, so there we go. So that is pretty much the news. It actually went a little bit longer. That was like, you know, because considering before having gone, I do there's a lot of news this week. Um, so before we do that, a um, quick shout out to all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members in the gold, diamond, and platinum levels. Thank you very much for your support. So what that means is they're helping towards um, funding the channel, funding the website and the podcast. So all of it really helps. A big thank you to Sarah for the executive level. Also, thank you to Andrew, Elliot, Jacob, Canid, Red Marsman, Arrow, Chris, Cody, Darren. We've also got Daniel the Juice, Lauren. And then over on the YouTubes, we've got a big hello to Dana, Dan, Ben, Adam, Ricky, Dave, Mahmoud. We've also got my VCR Still Works, Bina, Joshua, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. And also make sure you, if you are a member or a, a Patreon or YouTube channel members, Check out right now, the poster's up for this week's Q&A, so I'll be doing that tomorrow live on YouTube, and obviously if you're a YouTube channel member, you get to take part live in the live chat. So, let's talk some reviews. So, before we do Moon Knight, I just want to talk about um, Crush, which was a new Hulu original film that arrived on Hulu yesterday. Um, Basically, it's like a a love triangle thing um, at high school um, with lesbians, so they're kind of going away from Love Victor, we're moving on this one here. Um, This one? I look, and before we get into movie, I was really annoyed with Disney on the release of this film because they had been announcing it for for weeks coming to Hulu on the Canada list for me, uh, for April a couple of weeks way ago. They literally had the one word crush. They didn't even have the year next to it. So I mean, I had a conversation with somebody with Matt from who was also in Canada. I'm going, well, is it the Hulu film? Or is it um like because there's like four other crush films? We were like, we really, it's like, well, it's the same day, and maybe they got US. Re- We've heard that was it. We've heard we, there was no press release, there was no trailers, there was no posters, there was no mention of it. Just zip. just, just nada. And then yesterday morning I turned on Disney Plus at eight o'clock to do my normal check to see. And it's like Disney Plus UK, there it is. Australia, bing, there it is, Canada, there it is. Like. Wow! So you've literally just dropped an original movie, a brand new movie you can only watch on Disney Plus in the in- internationally. You didn't even send a tweet about it until after it was out. <laughs> it was just like that's like to me, it was just like awful advertising. I mean, it's just like there's not not even it's just like it just zitched. It was I'm like what a shame, what a shame that this film didn't get any publicity at all i mean not even a poster or a trailer on the youtube channel would have been at least something i know they didn't have to you know yeah i'm not necessarily have buses and tv adverts but you know posting the trailer and a a poster on twitter really wouldn't have been that much (laughs) and it was just really disappointing to see that like they really just like i feel like dropped the ball on the marketing of this and it's not just in the uk this was global yeah no it would have been a good movie to
1: to kind of point out, you know, with the whole thing going on in Florida right now, to, to kind of prop up and go, hey, look, you know, and this and this isn't even like a response to what's going on in Florida, because obviously the movie was already made and it takes a very long time. So it's not like we just kind of threw it out there. It would have been a nice little um, I don't know, olive branch to, to kind of go, hey, uh, we we are actually standing behind our statement here. Look, we've got this this video for you. Um, that said. I can also kind of understand why they didn't, because it's it's an okay movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not a it's not a particularly great movie. It's not the movie you want to push out there and go, look, this is a fantastic movie. This is this, and I realize I'm kind of comparing apples to oranges here, but this is not like on the caliber, of the same level as like Love, Victor, or something that, it, which isn't to say it's bad. It, it's a perfectly fine kind of cliche rom com. The only thing yeah. that sets it aside from. Like ninety nine percent of every other teenage um, rom com out there is that it's lesbians instead of a hetero cook
0: Literally, this this is a good. Show me, said. If you turned the main girl character into a boy, this would have been the most bland, generic teen romp movie there would have been, and that's and that's not to take away from it. Literally, as along the lines, if you ch- if you just did that little swap with the character. This really wouldn't have, and he was just basically, he fancied both sisters. That's literally, it It really, there isn't anything. It's good that they've, you know, they've got the story and, you know, it, it is about, um, you know, it like young love and all the rest of it. And it was perfectly fine. There was nothing in here where I was like, this is awful, but it was just so generic. And that whole thing of it, okay, so they're lesbians. Is that the only thing that sets us apart from twenty to 30, 40 other teen films of the same kind? And that's and that's that's what my problem with it. It was very generic. You could see the, yes. the the plot twists the first second, the first five minutes of the movie. You know, you knew where the story was going. It's very predictable. Um, there's something uh, some the other issue I had with it was the mum of the main character. You know, because she was so super like. Um, Accepting it was a little bit like it reminded me a bit of Sex Appeal, where the parents were exactly the same, you know. And it was like, could we have like, and almost that kind of weird thing. I don't know if it sounds horrible, but it was like, it would have been nice to have some conflict somewhere in it of like, you know, some, you know, I some realism because it, it just felt a little bit like. And it's the same thing with Love Victor sometimes. It's just they did at least slightly touch on it with the basketball team. But everyone was so accepting and everything was so fine that it it doesn't feel realistic. It doesn't feel like that's what the real world's like. And um, I don't know. It would have been nice just to have had a little bit of a pushback maybe from a parent or a teacher or something like that just to give something a bit more realism. Because it just felt very just super bubblegummy.
1: Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. I'm going to actually disagree a little bit, though, because... Um, I, I agree it's more realistic for them to have the conflict, especially you mentioned like the basketball team, Love, Victor. Um, but it is almost a cliche with LGBTQ yeah, movies yeah, where, ev- where it is you against the world and like the two other people who are like yeah. you. And that and I think it is important that they have um, movies and shows out there for especially young people. Yeah, Uh, people who are first exploring their sexuality go. You know what? It's not all darkness and depression, and the whole world's against you. Yeah, it might not be entirely realistic that everybody is with you, but having a positive message, I think, is also important, especially in this day and age. I I do agree; it's unrealistic, but I'm not going to hold that against them in this case. No,
0: I think it was. I think it was more just. I think it's. It was that my one little critique of just going. Oh, it would have been like maybe like have some little bit of conflict there to make it a bit more interesting as a viewer, because mm-hmm. it was a bit like, you know, I told you, know, the whole side of that thing makes total sense, but it would have just been, I think just, I felt like that with um I, oh, I said that before with love Victor, but it's, it feels a little bit like it. It's like even that party scene where they're all together and it's like, it was all so PC to the point where it was like, I don't know. It's it's that kind of thing of like we you know we need a little bit of conflict in these things to kind of show us the real world. It's, it's a very tricky subject, and they've got to find that balance. And you know, as a viewer watching it, you know, it was very vanilla. It was per- and it is like you say, it is great that it's there, and it's great that these stories are there. But as a viewer, you know, you 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 want something sometimes a little bit more interesting um, to be. And yeah, it is a it's a perfectly acceptable rom com, but for me, it just it, if, I'll never watch it again. It just. It was. It was just very average. It was. Although I will
1: also conversely say here that um, sometimes when you're trying to get people used to an idea, and, and we still are trying to get people used to the idea that you know gay people exist, um, sometimes when you're making media for that, it is you, you kind of do have to go vanilla because people are only willing to accept one major change, and yeah. to a lot of people, the existence of teenagers being gay or teenagers being lesbians is a huge shift in their head. So I, I get it. um, I I get why they did it, but I I do agree. I I do want a little bit, you know, more meat to the story, a little bit less, you know, cliche. Yeah. And I mean, it's
0: yeah. And I mean, obviously as, as a non-American, I mean, I've said about this probably mm -hmm. a thousand times before I I find sometimes like with anything to do with high school in the U S it always feels a little bit cliched and like, it never represents like real life and and that's that and I've said that about every high school show mm-hmm. and film that does <laughs> so it's not like it's just for this one but it was just that one thing of just like I would have liked a little bit more of just something to kind of get it i mean like i said it was just very vanilla it was very very safe very easygoing. um it was it was a, it was a nice film um i'm i'm glad i watched it i literally watched it for, i saw it on cuz it was along the lines of I was like, well, if it's only on Hulu, um trying to watch it is a lot harder. Of course it was Disney Plus. Oh I'll put it on. I'll put it on um first thing. And it was I got to the end and went, Yeah, okay. That's, that's perfectly fine. There was nothing there was nothing in there I didn't like, but it just didn't like go the other way. It didn't go anything like, oh, this is amazing.
1: Yeah, it sounds like we're really lukewarm on it. There there are actually a lot of good things. To talk about for yeah. I think both the the core actresses were really good in it there's some good dialogue in it and there's some uh there's some fun little observations and quips and stuff like that but again if you're gonna compare it to say love victor which again you yeah. can't truly compare um gay men to to lesbians it, it's a different experience yeah. but um it's it doesn't no, literally this go one, as a sister isn't
0: it, it <laughs> yeah, your, your
1: um it so it's a different experience it doesn't hit as hard as Love Victor. And also, didn't, uh, what was it, Heartstopper? Heart, something. Yeah. Over yeah. on Netflix, you know, yeah. is probably going to be the one that gets more attention because yeah. it, it. I have not seen that one at this point. But from the people who have seen it, it does sound like it tackles
0: the issues much more aggressively mm-hmm. than Crush does. Yeah, no, it's, it's like I said, a nice, a nice, solid film. Um, I definitely think, um, I think it's good for like all teenagers to probably watch this one. I think this this one will probably um, pick up a lot of, it. and I think it'll be a long term film. I think this will be uh what a lot of people watch like the years to come as an important film. It, it, like I said, we've got nothing really bad to say about it. It was just wasn't amazing either. So that that's not a bad thing. I th- I th- the one thing I want to kind of track down is, is an actual
1: um. I don't know, a, like a lesbian blogger or, or a lesbian yeah. reviewer and see what their take on it is because yeah. it it might be that there is something in this film that talks very specifically to the lesbian experience and yeah. that, that we as straight guys are just no. <laughs> completely oblivious to. So no. if you're interested in this movie, I, I don't actually know who I would recommend you go check out, but see if you can find like a, a, a blogger who has more
0: uh, knowledge yeah, it's, of this yeah, and it, check that but out but then i think that's also the other thing as well like this movie is not aimed at us mm-hmm. we watched it and we're sitting there going, yeah fine it's, it's perfectly fine for what it was um we didn't we didn't not like it and that's that's mm. the important thing it's a, but if you like i think the best way is if you flip that main character it wouldn't make, it really does feel like every other teen romped movie of all time that you would find on a streaming service. And that's good. And in some way that's good. I think that's definitely, um, you know, it is an important story that they've done, but yeah, it it just, like we say, it could have done with a little bit more conflict. I mean, even just the whole thing with the whole art stuff and, what i read the 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 last obviously the typical like prom kind of standing on a stage confessing their love for it, it was just like i've seen this a thousand times <laughs> i can't i can't even watch that scene honestly like the the, the, the
1: it doesn't matter lesbian gay hetero doesn't yeah. matter doesn't that, matter that doesn't stand, matter. <laughs> that standing in front of the entire school and making yourself so vulnerable,
0: like <laughs> I'm just like, no, nah, can't watch this, can't watch this. it. And it, it's like I said, it's, not, it's it literally is a lot of lines of it. It wouldn't matter what, what, every movie they do this in, it's so just overdone. It's just, they just really need to just tr- just move away from this whole thing. But yes, yeah, so, so that was crushed. So, that, so that's def- definitely worth checking out over the weekend. Um, definitely. Also, we had the finale of Moon, or not the finale, with the penultimate episode of Moon Knight, um, again, You know, very different kind of episode this week. Definitely leaning much more into mental health issues than most Marvel films and series and stuff. Full of I'll say it was full of action, but at the same time it was very um very different and just really just showcases the different side that this one is. Oh, hello. Hello (laughs) Hello
1: there. Um, Yeah, we've we've got one cat hanging out back here. And now we've got a, a dog who wants to be on the show, um, yeah. but yeah, episode five, Moon Knight. Uh, it's it's kind of the origin episode, though. Really, yeah. you know it it has the explicit origin of where uh, he first meets Konshu and uh, agrees to be Moon Knight. I did think it was a little a little cheesy to be like, "You will be. My you Moon are Knight. my Moon Knight." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you had to get a name in there, but that was a little 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 over on the nose there that said the rest of the episode was really entertaining and um well entertaining might not be the right word it was informative uh i enjoyed we, it we learned i learned a good lot episode. no it i'm not saying it's not a good episode i'm just saying it it gets pretty brutal at points and calling it entertainment like uh yeah she's totally beating him with her belt right now uh hmm, okay uh, but i thought that
0: how way that they introduced steven of where he came from and why mm-hmm. he was created in mark's mind was so was, i was not expecting that i was yes. not expecting that whole aspect to it um the whole thing about really just coming um almost essentially stephen had to go in order for mark to kind of survive
1: <laughs> right which which is interesting because unless they've retconned things in the comics this is actually a very different origin um for the characters not not the part where he meets country that's actually very accurate to the comics um even referencing a character who may or may not appear mm. um but yeah where stephen came from where potentially jake may come from if he shows up in this series uh yeah this, this is very different but i
0: think it's done really well uh it might my, my wife, i don't think jake's turning up or I, I don't think, think i don't know st- how they, i don't know how they can do that in like literally we've only got like 45 minutes left of this series um it feels like it'd be really rushed to bring him in and just hinting at him will give us an idea of something for the future um I just don't see how we need him because obviously they had the whole thing of conflict between Stephen and Mark. They got on the same page and then he's obviously left. So he's going to need to get his suit back and all the rest of it. It's, I don't know. I just, I don't know how they got enough time to introduce him and do him justice. I can think of a couple ways that they can do
1: it. Um, but we'll see if they decide to, or if they want to save him for, you know, I'll say season two, even though they're calling this a limited series, which would suggest not a season two. Moon Knight, Jake. <laughs> future future appearances. Yeah, um, they might be saving him for that, and they might just not do him at all. They might just be like, now three personalities would be. Well, they've hinted too many at it. For-. They, they have hinted, hinted at it, at it might- several times. Yeah, and and like I said, I've got some theories on where it will go. Um, I'm gonna I'll leave them alone though, Um, and yeah. even if I do get them right, I won't claim them as right because I'm not publicly stating them. Um, But We'll see, but there, there's a lot to wrap up in this next episode, and it, it does
0: kind of have that feeling of like, oh, is there enough time for us to get a satisfactory conclusion out of this? That's what I'm worried about, because it feels a little bit like, well, he's got to get Conchu back, get his suit back, and then go after Arthur and defeat Arthur, or at least set up a defeat of her. Right. I don't even know if he can defeat him in that amount of time, or at least... Because the trouble is, it's a little bit as well. Arthur's not really, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the, the villainous side of him yet have really been revealed of like what he's doing to to he hasn't really been bad he, they need a little bit more I know he, he has done stuff but at the same time I feel like I'm sitting there going into the finale going well, well he kind of doesn't really even got going yet yeah you know he hasn't revealed his big evil plan and he's not trying to take over the the, the world well, kind of thing I mean his big evil plan is
1: to resurrect um uh, this other god yeah and you know, that's his Big evil plan. Now, what what the objective of the big evil plan, what it will set in motion, is what they haven't established,
0: but we kind of know what he's going for. Hmm. I mean, also there's you know, there's discussions of like who's gonna do their cameo because we haven't had any cameos yet in this series. I'd I'd be fine Um, without their blades gonna turn up. Um I yeah, I'd personally not think, you know, are we gonna get a connection with law and with love and thunder because we've got gods involved? Um I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of wrap up in 45 minutes. And I I, certain, uh, yeah.
1: I certainly wouldn't mind the hippo showing up in God and Thunder. I like the hippo. She's entertaining. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you might, she might not come to a good stand in love Thunder. No, thunder. She might not. No. <laughs> um, no. But, but, no. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, especially with the, was it Gore the God? God butcher, murderals. yeah, God butcher. I mean, the God the God butchers is, is kind of an indication there of what's to come. But we have obviously we got gods now popping up all over the place. There was a mention of the celestial plane from uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, so there's an interlink with that. But this also might explain, like, I feel like at least now with this episode, we've wrapped up the fact that we were in his mind rather than in an asylum. So that kind of has helped. I feel like. The idea that nothing was actually nothing had happened because now at least we know the things did happen, did they? I don't know if they did. They must have there's still some open questions <laughs> on exactly what is going on. And there's still some
1: some ideas that things that we've already seen prior to him ending up in the asylum may not have happened the way we thought they happened. Uh yeah. so we'll let's wait to see and and like I said, you know, 45 minutes does not seem like enough time to satisfactorily wrap up everything. However, if they're going to get to the end of it and go, well, uh, coming 2023, uh, Moon Knight, Fist of Vengeance, or you know something like that, that so long as there is a satisfactorily ending, satisfactory ending here.
0: That'll be fine, even if it doesn't encompass everything that we wanted to finish. I, I mean, I'm quite happy with an open, open ending and just being like mm. returning for season two, or you know, mm. like you say, Moon Knight asterisks. Technically, it's not a limited series because we're putting the asterisks in uh, uh, kind of thing. Mit- um, <laughs> Moon Knight and Tewara uh, yeah, in you know the, yeah. the combined adventure yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah, Moon Knight and Koshi. It's well, technically, it's a different series. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I would be quite happy with an. An open. If we know we're going to be getting a thing, I mean, you know, I don't see how we can get Werewolf by Night in there and Blade. It just feels way too forced to get them all involved right now to kind of set up that maybe in an end credit scene.
1: Uh, yeah, you know? I was kind of thinking, you know, like uh, supposedly Blade is the person who's talking off screen to um, Dane at the end of yeah. Eternals, right? You know, uh, when it, when he's opening the Black Knight and or mm-hmm. the the sword and all that. I could see an end credit scene here where, you know, Mark or, or Stephen is walking down the street and you hear Blade off camera going, hey, I've got this thing going on, you know, like he's doing the, the Mystic Midnight. Avengers setup yeah. kind of deal.
0: Well, are they with that? Would they be the Midnight Suns with Blade? Or Midnight Suns would
1: be what yeah. they are, especially with the video game for that. Uh, I think due
0: either later this year yeah. or next year, one or the other. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I'm, I'd be happy with it. I'm, but, Again, just really enjoyed this episode. Because my wife, because like, I was watching it, literally like eight o'clock in the morning, watching it. And My wife went, "She goes, well, is, it- is he in a mental?" I was like, "Yeah, it's very different to normal." Like, oh, she goes, "It's very different to normal like Marvel stuff that you watch." <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, this is, definitely is different. Which
1: is kind of funny because at the same time, every time they're in the mental, I'm like, "Huh, this looks a awful lot like Legion." <laughs> you know
0: yeah but then legion never counted i mean i and i'll be honest I, I dropped out of legion like halfway through season one because it was too wacky for me it,
1: yeah legion was a crazy i did not finish legion but it was it was a crazy but that's show. that's
0: that's the trouble sometimes you know it's like you know like it can it's all very fine doing this stuff but you've got to find that line to that, yeah that would be
1: funny though if uh if david showed up in this though even like a brief cameo
0: Yes. <laughs> or or Audrey to bring her into it as the Shadow King. I don't know. I feel like we're at a point now where if, um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because obviously next week we've got the finale of Moon Knight to talk about. Um we we'll are also be talking um, about Doctor Strange. Um you got tickets? You've got tickets as well. I got my tickets. I'll be seeing it on a
1: late show on Thursday, and <laughs> I need to double check and make sure that the, that theater hasn't shown up because uh again, by it. My theater, I, I was checking tickets for the entire day, and they're like, okay, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. And this was you know, right after the tickets became available. Yeah,
0: so what we'll do is um, next week we will be obviously discussing them. Um, but what we will be doing with um, Doctor Strange is we're actually going to hold it back for um, the following week um so it's not full-on spoiler like the day after <laughs> so we're going to give it at least a week for you guys to be able to hear it because i'll be off that week so i thought actually that makes a lot more sense so we can go in full spoiler zone on that film so on that note guys thank you very much we'll be back next week with another podcast remember to check out um, the disney plus videos our uh, news videos daily every during the week also our q a go check us out over at what's on and we'll see you guys soon Lators. later later Thank you very much for watching this video, make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com Like, follow and subscribe. Also a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon and also on our YouTube channel memberships and I shall see you guys in another video. Laters.